Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Command Point. My name's Ryan, and today I'm here with my co-host, Shane. Hello, hello, hello. And we have a very special guest today, Dan Barton, uh, the winner of the Warhammer Fest Kill Team Tournament 2023. Dan, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we, uh, we're really excited to have you on here. Dan, you have won not one, but two pretty big events over in, uh, in the UK just in the past few months, correct? Yeah, that's right. So I won Warhammer Fest recently, and then before that, King in the North. So I guess before we get into the interview today, guys, uh, we're just going to be doing, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about like new recent stuff that GW has revealed and just, just give our little takes on that. And then after we're going to wrap up into an interview with, uh, with Dan here, talk about breachers, talk about, you know, kill team and, and tournament stuff. Uh, very exciting uh, conversations, but um, Ryan, we games workshop just showed off some, some ashes of faith stuff. Oh, yeah. Buddy. I cannot tell you how long I've been wanting an inquisition warband in kill team so as soon as they revealed this box i was super excited and dan i'm super jealous of you for actually were you there uh, when they announced it at warhammer fest in the room yeah i went to the reveals with my dad nice so what do you think of the uh of the new box set coming out well i think that ashes of faith looks to be quite cool the the Chaos Cultists, I think, uh interesting kill team with the mutation. Yeah. And then the Inquisition looked to be really, really uh, flexible. So they'll need to be careful about balancing it, I guess. You can't just <laughs> take whoever you need to actually win the matchup against certain people. I guess yeah. Sisters of Silence against Psychers are going to be really strong. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is going to be added to the smallest of teams where the roster matters, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's right. Um, the it's really going to matter with this team. Yeah, uh, it seems like their there's whole, a ton of it's options. Be whole thing, yeah. And then the the other half, the Chaos Cult, is what personally interests me the most. Um, it looks like it's going to be a big horde. Where and in the, it, I think the article said something about like mutating, um, which is interesting i don't know like exactly how they're going to do that mechanic it does seem like the teams are going to be not just narrative even though i think the box is supposed to be like narrative yeah adjacent but um i'm super excited dan is there out of the two teams is there one that kind of interests you more uh yeah probably chaos cultists because i guess they're not really stealing everyone else's play style in a way yeah they seem unique they seem really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much. I remember when, um, like, Into the Dark came out, that was, like, really close to the annual, and we had, like, Star Striders, Gellerpox, Crew Breachers all come out, like, in the same, like, short time frame, and I think we're having another situation like that where we're going to have a bunch of new teams in, injected, and then we have that Space Marine Heroes team, which yeah, I don't even know what to think about that. Ryan, you, you saw that, right? Yeah, I mean, like, they look cool. Um, I don't know how good they're going to be. Uh, I mean, like, no one really knows it's so early on, but, like, it's just, like, one of each model um, from a variety of just, like, Primaris Space Marine kits. It's cool that they got a uh, a Space Marine captain in there. 
that's pretty cool, you know? So I'm looking forward to it. And it's it's like blind boxes, right? Yeah, it's like blind boxes, but if you if you play Space Marines like me in 40k, chances are you got these models just languishing <laughs> around in your collection somewhere. So Brian, do you do you actually have most of those? I I don't know. Oh, I definitely have most of them. I don't oh, have okay. like the the Gravis. I don't have like the heavy intercessor. Um and I don't have the um I don't have like the exact loadout for the Space Marine Captain. But um I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll just kit bash some stuff together. And that's gonna be the most fun, I think, for this team is um actually like kit bashing models and not necessarily I, having to buy like the blind boxes. Yeah. I, I for one am excited for uh the prospect of a new elite team. Mm. I've been very on the elite team train lately. Dan, I know you play breachers. I don't know. Have you messed around with any of the elite teams really? Uh I've given a few a try. I might mm-hmm. give intercession a go soon. Highly recommend. Yeah, they're, they're quite good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, very exciting time for Kill Team. And uh, the tournament scene, I feel like, is more active than ever. There was 130-ish players at Warhammer Fest. Am I right? I think it was 118, yeah. But... Okay. Still huge, though. I mean, yeah. that's got to be the biggest tournament, <laughs> I think, to date. Yeah, so that's... No big deal, Pretty right, crazy. Dan? <laughs> well, <laughs> to win out in a field that large, I certainly am. I'm glad that some some of the players got eliminated without me having to go up against them. Uh, I, okay. I appreciate yeah, so your honesty. honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's get into like the talking about that. So, I guess for starters, um, how did you? How long have you been playing Kill Team? Like, how did you get into it? Uh, so, my dad has been playing for I guess a year longer than me and he went mm-hmm. off to tournaments and came back he seemed like he enjoyed them offered to play me at a game and slowly I stopped getting thrashed by him basically <laughs> so I've played since December yeah and your your dad appear from what I've seen if I'm remembering correctly he tends to place pretty well at tournaments also yeah yeah he's doing fairly well uh, he's playing Hyrotech right now and is Ooh. struggling in tournaments because of the swinging nature of the reanimation protocols, I think. Yeah, that's been like a big concern with them. I know a lot of people that I've talked to who are like competitive players really like the team, but they're kind of turned off by that three up. So I kind of get it. Yeah, he went up against Carlos and his Cryptech didn't reanimate twice. Oh, that's rough. That makes the game a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really does hinge on that guy. So uh, I guess what, like, what box? What was the most recent release when you started playing? Uh, I guess it was the Into the Dark box with breaches. Oh wow! So you have not been playing that long then. That's actually super impressive. Very cool. So have you pretty much been on breaches from like day one? Yeah. So they were the team I learned with. I gave Warp Coven a go first of all, and went. I've got no clue how these guys work. <laughs> um, but I've messed around with Harlequins, Vetguard, and a couple others here and there. Yeah, I think that's a common reaction to playing Warp Coven for the first time. That was certainly mine. Well, I gave Gellapox a go as well, but I find against good players, they just stun them or do some 
Yeah, I've serious strategy with the bases that stops you from getting anywhere. Yeah, I've kind of had similar experiences with Geller Pox. They are really stressful to play against good players. Yeah, it's just hard to actually consistently win with them, unlike breaches where it's like, okay, if I roll badly, I'm going to change it and roll well instead. Yeah. So, um, speaking of breachers, they recently got nerfed in the latest data slate, and um, you know, I presume that they, re- I, I think they used the uh, the new data slate at Warhammer Fest. Um, so, what made you decide once that data slate came out to stick with it instead of like jumping over to another faction? Well, I'd be learning the other faction um, very quickly. Another thing is, I still think breaches are good. Our win rate fell, but as does a lot of the good Spanish players, apparently, still thinks the team's really solid and really strong. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you think is the... Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about that, that win rate and how harshly it fell. I think it's just like a lot of players jumping off of them, because clearly they, they're still capable of winning tournaments, evidently. Well, much as I would love another buff, I think there's some other reason going on if if players are still able to do well with them then they're clearly not a broken team so for whatever reason i think there might just be a load of players who don't know them trying it mm-hmm. or something similar to that yeah maybe i don't know how much their pick rate fell they had a pretty high pick rate before that um like one of the higher ones i think yeah but then i don't really see too many strong players switching off them it's difficult for me to explain, really. Yeah, I've, I, I kind of noticed the same thing. The people who are the good breacher players have not stopped playing breachers, evidently. And yet the win rate has just plummeted. It could just be a small sample size. It could just mean nothing. And maybe it'll you know revert back after, uh, after another month or so, which I would imagine is probably going to be the case. But they definitely still strike me as being a, a force at the moment. Um, so I guess on the topic of the nerfs, what do you feel like? What were your general thoughts on it outside of them still being good? Like, do you think that what they targeted was the right thing to target, or like, what do you think is really still powerful about the team? Well, fair enough. They targeted the incredible tankiness of breaches and mm-hmm. brought it in line with everything else. Not really something I can complain about. The grenadier nerf is strange. It brings him in line with everyone else again. I didn't really find opponents were leaving him around for three turns. Um, and then the Blitz nerf doesn't really hurt it much, even with four pluses and close assault. You've got a really high chance to get four hits without the attack point. Yeah, the close assault does kind of like make that Blitz nerf meaningless if you're taking it. Um, I always put close assault on after turning point one, and maybe not for turning point four, but the value of it's incredible when you're going for five or so extra hits from that every turn the damage mm-hmm. has got to seriously add up in a way that you'll be really hard pressed to find any other ploys doing yeah it's it's one of the best i think like um offensive strat ploys uh i think it really just prevents the like your odds of whiffing are just like gone kind of not gone but it, it becomes very hard to whiff especially with all the other like attack order and stuff going on. Um, yeah. Very reliable. You're on, team. on four pluses mostly, but with the attack order and the 
close assault, you're just hitting so many dice. Mm -hmm. Really reliable. Yeah, not to mention Blitz, too. Just it's There's just a lot under the hood, I feel, with this team. Um, do you still think that, like, they're obviously, they're still quite durable for uh, what is a horde, effectively, even after the, the nerfs. Um, how, how big of a hit has that felt to you? Uh, to be honest, I feel like I try and do moves which will not get them killed so <laughs> move out move out shoot and then dash back with the comms guy or do it last activation mm-hmm. i really tend to move for trading operatives uh through the cut hole wherever possible so i more haven't felt the nerf than perhaps i would do if i had a different play style right yeah that makes sense um, so how many rounds was, was, uh, Warhammer Fest? And it was two days. Yeah. So it was two days, six plus a final round against Wallace West, which lasted late into the night. Yes. I, I was kind of following along. Um, somebody was updating, I think on the glass discord and, uh, it was yeah. very exciting to follow the, the action in that game as it, as it kind of progressed. Well, it was, um, heartwarming to, sort of see everyone be so excited over the finals match and at the same mm. time very uh put a lot of pressure on me basically because yeah, I can imagine any missed rule or silly blunder and everyone sees that then <laughs> yeah i know some people were questioning my tack up choices but i ended up maxing them so no go. regret yeah so what do they know? Yeah. Um, so I guess was that I have a, it was kind of confusing like following the tournament because was that always going to be seven rounds or w- w- was that like a last minute thing where they wanted to have like a clean winner what what kind of happened there because it looked like when the tournament quote unquote ended on BCP initially it looked like you and Wallace were both undefeated with him in first and you in second and then it was like oh they're actually playing another round which you of course won but what what exactly happened there? Yeah, so Wallace was winning on the actual victory points overall. I guess mm-hmm. my playstyle doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really score points as much as I should. That's my big weakness as a player. But he he would have won if it didn't come down to that final round. But they went round and asked everyone if they were okay to play a finals. And thankfully, Wallace agreed that he was. So we duped it out one last time. For wow, the total, total bro placement. move from Wallace to be in first place and to say, yeah, let's play it out. Um, Wallace was a lovely player. I'm glad yeah. to have matched up against him in the finals. And for everybody listening, Wallace is, uh, is a player from Spain who's actually running commandos. So second place with commandos, uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, those um, forward deploys yeah. worried me. <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's let's rewind a little bit and let's kind of talk about. Um, I want to ask you about your matches, but first, in general, I guess like with the way that you like to play breachers. So um, Warhammer Fest, it was all open board, right? There was no into the dark. Yep, it was just Octarius. Okay, so how did you feel about the maps and and like the layouts? Uh, it was very difficult to keep your guys safe when you were deploying 
there was one heavy you could go behind, which made everyone terrified of alpha strikes, I think. So it was a real pain to go up against um, any of those teams with a grenade and a fast person like Corsairs or Harlequins. Yeah, because I did see some pictures and it did look a little bit more on the open side of things as far as like a like an open terrain layout goes. Um, was the uh, was the last event you played in uh, mixed or was that just open as well? The last time I played was with Galapox before Breaches. Oh, I gotcha. did a, a few practice rounds with Breaches, but the last tournament before that was Galapox on open but all heavy cover. Oh, wow. Was it like Chalnath, or were they just ruling it all heavy? They were just ruling it all heavy, so not complaining. (laughs) That that definitely (laughs) helps. Uh, They ended up not playing with Doors at Warhammer Fest, which I can't say I'm upset about. I just made my own with the hatch gutter. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that that was a weird thing. I read that, that they weren't doing Doors on the Octarius boards. That is really interesting because um, the best, I think every tournament I've ever played at has used those doors. Yeah. But, um, Ryan, did you have a. No, I'm just super surprised by that. Um, that they didn't have doors on the, uh, on the Octarius boards. Uh, I can definitely see how that would give your, uh, your cutter a, uh, an advantage. So um, you said earlier that, you know, everybody was kind of uh, knocking you for your tack ops picks in the uh in the in the championship round i guess we'll call it um so what were the tech ops that you did wind up selecting well i did protect assets because insecure he needed to actually be on the points to win on primaries and i maxed that one just by killing them on the objectives simple mm-hmm. enough i like escort operative and i put that on the leader because i Always keep them very safe and just use them to generate the attack point for me because that is so influential to making the breaches reliable. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, what is the attack point that your leader can do? So it is a ploy that they can do for free um, and they can do it once every round after you declare that you're picking attack point and it is a token. Everyone within three inches of the token can re-roll any or all attack dice of one result. Yeah, super powerful. So that just goes hand in hand with that attack up. And then what was the final attack up you selected? So I went for some synergy with Escort Operative. It's the faction attack up two, which is into the breach, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you reveal it at the end of the game, and you need to get one breacher within six inches of your opponent's kill zone edge for one victory point or two for two victory points it's such a reliable tack up you almost always have some guys who are not able to do anything in the last round so it's just so easy to score i found right makes sense you do one of them with your leader very cool okay so yeah that was, was now did you like kind of like stick with these tack ops throughout the tournament or did they change depending on like the terrain setup, the board you were playing on your opponent, stuff like that? I stuck with them mostly, but I did need to vary them up against Bart Lewandowski and his Harlequins because I knew I would not be able to keep my leader safe from them. Yeah. Uh, since they can just fly over and shoot a plasma pistol into my face if they really have to. 
So but I did not lose out on any secondary points that tournament. Oh, Usually okay. as a player, I score them quite well. Nice. So do you um, do you remember the attack ops that you took against that Harlequins matchup? Uh, I believe it was Central Control, Secure, Center Line, if I'm not mistaken, and still mm-hmm. Faction Attack Op 2. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. How do you feel about security in general? I know it's one that, ever since Kurt Ops, it kind of gets a little bit of flack. I really like the natural uh, attack ops. So mm-hmm. anything which involves extra actions to put something down or pick something up and run away with it, I kind of don't like those because you're using, you're diverting resources of a guy to go and do that. Whereas I'm sort of just able to find that protect assets you'll do quite naturally just from killing guys on points and things like central control probably do want to have guys around the middle anyway. It's not especially difficult to play into them, I found. So are you uh, in the camp of Breacher players that, that uses the little robots, or do you just not take any of them at all, or is it situational for you? Oh, very situational. Mm-hmm. Um, the cat unit can be excellent against teams like Galapox, where you can just fire your huge weapons into the hulks, which they thought were safe behind heavy cover. Mm-hmm. But the the skull has put in some serious work for me as well because it's like a five inch frag grenade with massive lethal and it can whiz across the board. But the regular armsman guys, you also need them a lot of the time for scoring points. Or against Wallace, I took three of them because the shotguns and hatchets do very well into them. Nice, and I guess. Uh... In terms of matchups, like how what what do you do differently if you're against like an elite team compared to like a mid-sized team like Commandos or then even like a horde team kind of like yourself? Well, you get a choice of gunner. So obviously Melter, you tend to want to take into elite teams and then the Blas Volley, the like six dice heavy gun. Often you want to take into smaller teams because it's just not overkill that way. I usually vary my strategy up to try and out-activate people. I had a game against Legionaries the other day where I would play KG until I could get my cat round to scan his leader and then fire my big guns into him. So that worked very well for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those extra activations. That, breachers, for a team that is as offensively like lethal and you know durable as they are, does have a lot of bodies and a lot of activations, and they can really weighed out pretty decently even even when you consider like breaching clear and the ga2 that they get very 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 good team um so i guess i wanted to ask a little bit about your matchups at uh warhammer fest so what did you uh what did you play against on the first day if you can remember yep so i was up against phil ruris and his corsairs round one he posted a blog about that and I'm glad to see he really enjoyed the tournament. He went 3-3 three and three in the end, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he was an interesting player. The Corsairs, of course, I've played against before, but it was my first time playing them on something other than loot, which I was happy about. They're really <laughs> annoying on loot. Yeah, yeah, they are. And then I I've... went up against Matt Brown and his mm-hmm. Galapots. They have won 
he's won a tournament with them before, which I was at, so I was worried going into him. He's a strong player, but I think just the offensive capability of Breach has managed to eventually chew through all f- four of his hulks. And you've got experience um, with killer packs too, so you were, that was probably a little more comfortable. That uh, that helps. Knowing your opponent's team is a huge advantage against them. And then finally I was up against Kasakin. The sniper was a real headache. I couldn't manage to shift him, but I got the grenadier up the board to where he had castled a bunch of his threats behind the heavy cover and threw the demolition charge into them. I think that's the one move which really got me the win. Yeah, for sure. As someone who's been on Um, the receiving end of that, (laughs) like that exact play almost. Yeah. (laughs) He was a good player, though. And then on day two, um, you had four more games, it was, then, if I'm mathing correctly, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I had... Round four, I thought it was going to be against Ryan Slater because I looked and he was placed similarly to me, but it mm-hmm. was against Charles Shepard, uh, Roll Crit's friend. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, yeah. was vet, it was Vet Guard on loot, which was really tough because mm-hmm. he moved one of his guys onto my point at the start and stole it off me. And Breaches just don't have the mobility to do that. So I moved up with my axe check, killed him. He moved his melt around, but unfortunately whiffed into my axe jack, and then I basically just kept going up on models, and I got my other two points, secured them. He revealed central control and seized ground, but I killed too many of his uh, guardsmen for him to score them very well. And eventually I just won on models and managed to stop him from getting onto the points and taking them off me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I actually noticed you, it doesn't sound like you were really looking at seize ground a lot throughout the tournament. I gave it a go a couple of tr- times. If um, if there is a way you can get a model within six inches of their drop zone and next to the heavy cover, it can be even more synergy with that uh, mm-hmm. tack op too. So I know some people have had a lot of success with that, but Tech Op 2 is also quite sneaky. It's uh, one you reveal in the last turn for two victory points, and Seize Ground is not like that, where you have to reveal it at the start of the game. Yeah, in my my final game at KTO on stream, actually, I I was playing against Breachers, and it's like turn four, and he still has a Tech Op that he hasn't revealed, and we were using clocks, and I think I had like 10 more minutes on my clock than he did, and I was like, hold on. I'm just going to pull up Wahapedia and find out exactly what this tack up is because uh, it can sneak up on you. And then even by that point, I looked at the board and I was like, he's going to get this almost no matter what I do. Um, so it definitely it can catch you off guard. I think any tack up where you reveal at the time of scoring is uh, yeah is pretty good. It just, yeah. just based on that alone. Definitely. The ability to score all six of your points right as the game ends is definitely a surprising strategy. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sorry. So then after after Charles, it was uh, what was your next game? Round five was against Tucker, and it was Corsairs again. Um, I can't say that he played especially badly, 
I watched mm-hmm. out for the Shade Runner grenade, but then as he moved him up in an aggressive way, I managed to kill him before he got to me. But I just kept rolling very well. He failed a lot of times trying to kill mine, but I didn't really fail any rolls against him. Mm-hmm. And eventually, just because of those rolls, I managed to mop the floor with him and went 23 points up. That sounds very similar to a game I had against Corsairs at, at KTO, where I felt like my opponent didn't necessarily play well, but it just didn't... The dice were kind of one-sided, and, and they're a very feast or famine team. So, I mean, when they lose, they can lose pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, he was using the CPs for command rerolls, but I guess he just <laughs> did not have a great match that time. Um, he was still very friendly through it, though, so props to him. Yeah. <laughs> I know not everyone is able to say, stay that strong when you get really terrible rolls. Yeah. And then round six was against Bart Lewandowski. That was the Harlequins match. And there was one point in it at the end. I don't think I would have won if it wasn't captured, to be honest with you. He was a very strong player and my brain was turning to mush. I ended <laughs> up as defender, but I picked the wrong side. So he got a death jester shot off on me round one. Oh, that's tough. Um, and then after that, you played Wallace. So would you say what would you say your toughest game of the weekend was? Was it that final game against Wallace and his commandos? The game against Wallace was very scary. The forward deploys are intimidating, and I went 5-1 down on points turn one. But I suppose my closest was actually against Bart. Okay, very cool. Because, I mean, it, it looked like the Commandos game, he did, like you said, he had that big lead in the beginning, and he was doing the forward deploys. Um, do you think that Commandos is a is a tougher matchup for, for Breachers? Uh, I've heard some people say they're good into Breachers. He ended up not taking any blast weapons, I suppose, because he thought the Void Armor was going to do very well for me if he did, and um, he took a load of choppers instead, because he found them to be a lot more reliable into breaches. Mm-hmm. So, that caught me off guard with the sniper. He charged me, and I... He was using rubber bands to mark which models had them, except for the sniper, where he had painted the axe up and stuck it on. I have no doubt he told me at the time, but again... <laughs> Seventh round, I was feeling so out of it and did not notice if he had rolled well on that dice, the game might have gone very differently. Yeah, so he he had a, it sounded like he had a big whiff with the, with the sniper charge then. Yeah, into my axe jack, he um, rolled all ones and twos and nearly died in the process. Man, that is brutal. So do you think it was the, in hindsight, I guess. Do you think it was the right call for him to not bring dynamite or anything? Uh, hard to say. As defender, I did get the side where I had some protection just because I could deploy some guys behind the light cover further away, but it was something I was very worried and trying to play around because I feared that his breacher boy would move through and dynamite into my castle behind the heavy cover which is really what breaches like to do. So mm-hmm. I was worried he did, but 
far be it from me to actually say what commandos do well. Yeah. Wallace did very well with them, and I have not played as them. That's fair. Um, I mean, either way, 7-0 and at the biggest tournament we've ever seen, I believe. Um, extremely impressive. Uh, and I just congratulations again on, 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 the, on the result. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm still <laughs> trying to process it myself. <laughs> it's a crazy feeling. It really is. Um, but yeah, I guess in general, as far as like breacher strategy goes, how do you, uh, like how, what is your general approach for like playing on turn one? Like, are you usually an aggressive player? Are you more like, do you, do you like to stay concealed and just kind of set up or like, what's your, what's your approach there? So I use the plasma gunner to get any drop shots off and the grenadier to threaten, um, a crack grenade into them if they move up aggressively. Mm-hmm. Or the the cat I use to get in a shot early turn one because that can really help start swinging the game in your favor if you go up operatives before turning point two. But mostly it's just for setup and uh, threats to stop them from pushing up. So I like to put all of my guys in place. I like to get the hatch cutter hole down somewhere to let me move through and take them down turning point two with uh, close assault and the attack point on around a certain area. Nice. And that kind of sounds like it, it like synergizes well with the, uh, with the security archetype in general. I mean, it kind of like sets you up to, I guess, sets you up for success with some of those tech ops. Yeah. I'm a very um, deadly player in terms of how the models go. I can, wipe my opponent off the board pretty consistently and I ended up tabling Wallace and a few of my opponents at uh, Fest actually but I <laughs> I ought to focus more on the points really. I get too carried away with blasting people with a melter and I should actually be looting the points. Well I mean it seems like that strategy has worked out for you. I suppose it has. Yeah. I'm just, um, <laughs> so, do, do you think that that's like? I mean, like looking at the at, at your record at this tournament, do you think that like players? I know you just said you should focus on scoring points more, but do you think there's something to be said for just trying to table your opponent in this game? I'm glad that there's more way, more than one way to play it. Certainly, it's yeah. great to see that there's different ways to actually play the game and win. But I realize in terms of uh, tiebreakers with victory points, I think that was why Wallace was ahead of me going into the finals. He managed to focus a lot more on the points. He could score four in the first turning point, which is just not something breaches can really do. Definitely that has been a thing which the team struggles a lot more with. I need to switch my strategy up on loot because I have a bad track record on that mission. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about this lately, and it's something that kind of interests me. Uh, loot, to me, feels like, in, like it can skew more than the other missions. Um, and it, particularly in certain matchups, it can feel very difficult. Uh, so, like, wh- how, what is your idea as, as far as how you're going to, like, reapproach that mission 
I'm kind of curious for my own sake because it's it's something that I've I found can be really difficult to play on. I suppose you need to get up to the ones they might threaten early. So if they have any forward deployed guys, uh, lock it down or just breach and clear to get two guys onto the point will help you steal the the points off of them before they can get it. And just if you get those three first turn, I usually find that breaches are uh, flighty enough that they should just be able to lock that stalemate and eventually win on primaries and secondaries because you, your opponent runs out of models. But I need to actually focus on doing that and making sure I have those points to win in the first place. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely tough. Um, and I mean, speaking to your point about playing more aggressively or less aggressively, I can relate to that a little bit. I've, I've recently started playing Phobos coming from Legionaries, and it's weird where I have to look to kill things less and score points more, <laughs> whereas before it's like I could just go nuts and, and kill everything in sight. But um, it's uh, it, it's a big playstyle change. Yeah, um, Phobos, uh, in terms of damage, I know a lot weaker than Intercession. You're not as tough, but you have a lot more tricks, certainly. Oh, very fun, yeah. So are you are you planning on sticking with uh, Breachers for like the future? Or is there another team that's kind of like calling your name right now? I'm going to give uh, Warp Coven another shot at a local tournament. Um, okay. I mean, I don't see the need to be really... <laughs> really meta chasey against locals, but I'm enjoying breaches still. The team is still very fun to me. Um, I'm having a look at some of the others. I can't say I'm too tempted by the goats, but I know they're going to be very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, speaking oh, of ahead, the uh, the the Gallo fall box, I do want to know your honest opinion of the Hearthkin Salvagers. The Salvagers, when you look through the rules, look like they're going to be really good. They've got a sort of attack point thing like breaches. The grudge tokens seem really strong and the, the heavy weapons and everything. And then you realize that actually they've got seven wounds, two APL, and four inches move, most of them. So yeah. I think that will end up really crippling them. Just so long as you have the right play style to actually steal the points first mm -hmm. and it's going to be such an uphill battle against the Hyrotex chronomancer because they can only move three oh. with move and dash yeah three inches jeez that's horrible um <laughs> so do you think yeah do you think that the team is pretty much like dead on arrival competitively speaking no i think they look good but they will not be as strong as uh, you would think having such incredible weapons, ploys, and abilities. Gotcha. Yeah, they do kind of strike me as being like a kind of a similar slower breachers almost. Um, now that you say that, mm -hmm. it, I do think that seven wounds is probably a bit light for the for the salvagers, and I yeah. do kind of wish they had something to like mitigate how slow they are, but. Otherwise, they have such a deep toolbox. I'm really excited to see what players do with them. Yeah, no, that's the seven wounds is definitely going to uh, hurt them because it's it means it's easy to injure and it means they will die. 
I'd like to breach a hatchet to melee if you get uh, a crit and two hits, which <laughs> is not that unlikely with close assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Oh my goodness! And then you mentioned the, uh, the goats. Worried. Oh, sorry. What was that? Can't say I'm especially worried about facing them. Yeah, <laughs> but then on the I guess on the other side, the the goats you mentioned look very strong, and and I think most people would agree with you. What can I say that hasn't already been said? They mm-hmm. look ridiculous just being invulnerable to a melter shot, reducing them to ashes. <laughs> yeah. A bit confusing, but they they look strong. And to be honest, some of the plans which I have for dealing with them, it seems like they're immune to. Using the cat to scan them, I suppose they'll just um, put the sorcerer guy on super conceal. Or if you try and stun them, they have war paint to stop that. So I'm not too sure what my plan is going to be. I'm playtesting them a bit now uh, against my dad. I've managed to get, well, he's managed to get his hand on the box. So I'll have to see how strong they really are, I guess. Yeah, it is It is very intriguing. Um, uh, I'm kind of like, I do feel a little spoiled in that I feel like some of the teams I play are probably a little better suited than most teams to deal with the goats. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I know I've definitely, um, I see some of the issues that they could present, especially to like the shootier hordes and, and teams that don't really have any reliable melee to speak of. I think Kyrotech are going to do very well into them because the reanimation protocols will really contest frenzy, I think. And the, Nanomine stopping them from actually getting into melee will hurt, along with the lethal 5-up you can give your warriors and the general tankiness that Necrons have. Yeah, honestly, the Necron melee is is pretty well suited for taking out those frenzied guys. It's not a lot of damage, but once they're frenzied, the damage doesn't matter, and they can get those crits reliably. Yeah. I, uh, I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, your local scene. Um, What's the what's the community like over there? Great, like everywhere. The local uh, store I go to is very uh, very nice. The people there are nice and friendly. It's been great to know people, and we might be having a tournament soon. So <laughs> I have to see how that all pans out. Get my friends involved and <laughs> right. see what kind of teams they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, how many uh, how many players does your local events usually get? Local, it's very small around where I am, but mm-hmm. I also suppose I'm part of the London group. The old ones is my actual team, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I don't actually live too close to London. It is a, still a forty five minute uh, train ride from here to there. Gotcha. Yeah, I am a little jealous sometimes of uh, of like seeing the UK groups. Um, for us, we're in New York, but like for the Brooklyn guys in New York that are in the same state as us, it's like a six-hour train ride just to go go play Oof. with them if we wanted to. It's it's brutal. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like the the UK scene, especially just in general as a, as a whole, has been really growing. Um, quite a bit i'd say to the point where it seems like your player base is starting to like reach like the perceived like spain levels of the size of your tournaments and that's that's pretty exciting i'd say mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. We've definitely had more players and had better players enough to do better than we did uh, last uh, the the Warhammer event in December against them. Mm-hmm. The uh, Warhammer World, they <laughs> kind of got a clean sweep against the London guys. We just basically fell to them one by one. Yeah, but this time we did a lot better in terms of um, actually <laughs> standing up to the Spanish as the old ones. We, well, not only managed to stop them from stealing the golden ticket of <laughs> UK, uh, you know, it being funny with uh, the tickets supposed to decide UK players going to... Um, yeah, and they're, they're trying to steal sport. it from you. <laughs> um, exactly that. Coming so, over and getting more Spanish spots. Yeah, so you've actually won. You've technically won two events that are golden ticket events. And how does that work? Like, did it did it go to the next person, or, or what's their protocol? Yeah. For that? So confusingly, um, I have won a an expenses paid ticket from Fest, and then a sort of silver ticket from King in the North, which mm-hmm. is a spot in the tournament, but it is not expenses paid. So gotcha. that one got transferred to Wallace because I suppose nice. they wanted to let me have the expenses paid one. But I guess he'll be joining me in the World Championships. So Yeah, so you are planning we'll on have going, a rematch. Right? You're planning on attending uh, the Atlanta one, just yeah, to be clear? Yeah, hopefully. Oh. I'll need to uh, uh, sort it out because it's during my school term time. But Yeah, it's a lot. It's far away as well. So... Um, <laughs> I'm currently yeah. on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for a golden ticket. I've come very close once Ooh. with KTO, and I, I I would love to 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 hopefully get one and, and get the chance to uh to to meet you in person and get a game in. That would that would be ah thrilling. I'll look forward to it. Yeah, the um the uh, I think is it Salt City Ryan that we're going to. That's going to be a so there's ticket, the Salt right? City GT coming up that is going to have a golden ticket, and then. That one, Atlantic actually, City yes. Open going to be one? I would hope Atlantic City Open has a golden ticket. Because we're going uh, to that. Because we're going there. So. And then if, if that all fails, there's, maybe, there's Nova, which is a possibility. Yep. And that um, would be in September, I want to yeah, say. I so. Because Atlanta is in November, I think, or something. That's what it was last year, I want to yeah. say. It's all very exciting. There's yeah. there's a few chances. We'll we'll see if I can if I can do it. I, I I would love to go. That would just be the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, you you like you said, you and Wallace might well, get that rematch. I've beaten before. Hopefully, I'll be able to do it a second time. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I mean, it's so far away. I guess it's like who knows what everybody's even going to be playing by then because it was. <laughs> This past U.S. Open, it was like everybody was playing all these different things, and then you had eight players that all seemingly liked different teams, and then they showed up, and half of them were just Hunter Clade. So um, hopefully it's not one of those situations again. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's it's really cool to see the uh, the different play styles. And I mean, um, is is Wallace the only one of like the Spanish crew that you've had the chance to play against, or have you gone against some of the others? So Wallace is the only one I've played against in Fest. My first ever tournament match was against Pathfinder's pre-nerf 
Um, <laughs> and that did not go well for me oh. in back in December. Yeah. So I got, <laughs> I kind of got my ass kicked over there, but he was nice. I can't, can't complain when they're so patient and friendly with you. Yeah. Did you go to Spain for a tournament? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, okay. So they've just come over to, to, to you guys and, and played with you. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is one thing about being over here is, like, we're very, like, away from all the different, you know, European scenes. We don't really get to play with you guys too much. Um, For us, it's, like, East Coast, West Coast, and then, like, everything in between is its own beast, I guess. Um, And I'm hoping in Atlanta it's just going to be a bunch of, like, a good representation from... You know, UK, Spain, Poland, East Coast, West Coast, just to see like all the all the players from the different communities kinda kinda go up against each other. That'll be really exciting. Or maybe it will just be a load of Spanish guys that have <laughs> taken tickets from other countries. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And I think there is gonna be one in Poland, right? Or did they already do it? Uh I'm not sure. I know that the the best Polish player did fly over to play in Fest. Um Yeah. He brought Vet Guard, but then sadly lost to Hyrotech when the Chronomancer got about seven of them with the Aeon stave. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Poland, that, that's another big scene over there, too. I'd say probably the third biggest, it looks like, from, from over here. Uh, UK I'm, and Spain. I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, I... I I, a while back, I want to say like months ago, I was kind of looking and, and taking a look at the, the Polish tournaments and they get pretty good showings. I want to say like their big events are getting like 60 pretty consistently, like around that area. And every single one of the events, that guy wins. The the Vetcard guy, um, I think his name is Matthias or something. Um, yeah. Seems like a really good player. He does. Um, <laughs> the... My dad was the Hyrotech player that managed to get him with that, but the oh. the match he said was very tense up until that point because he was playing very well and mm-hmm. <laughs> seemed like he knew his team inside and out. Gotcha. So I guess what is what are your thoughts on the meta right now? I guess uh, Beastmen and, and Salvagers aside, like what do you think is after the data slate? What do you think is kind of like top of the hill right now? So I've heard Ace say that Intercession is probably the best team in the game. He's not too far off. I know Ryan had a lot of success with them. Mm-hmm. And they have such a high win rate despite all the rookie players playing them. I still think Breaches are very good. They're nice mm-hmm. and reliable, which really helps if you want to actually win a tournament with lots of rounds. I think in terms of raw power, Hyrotech are very strong. I think they're a Tough matchup for breaches, which <laughs> makes it uh, a scary team for me to play. I think Void Dancers are good as well, but at the same time, they're mostly piloted by strong players, so that does speak for itself a bit. And of course, Galapox have just raw power of uh, anyone who does not know how to deal with them will just get torn apart by the Hulks. Yeah, I mean, I would say I agree with with Ace's um, analysis about intercession. I think we, Ryan, we had them at the top at the top of our tier list, right? 
Uh, yeah, we had them, and then what was the there's, other there's team? Vetgard and Geller Pox. Vetgard and Geller Pox, yeah. The, the meta definitely seems pretty healthy right now, I would say, though, generally speaking. Like, th there isn't anything outside of Exaction that even is, like, that bad in my eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, I mean, early to say, maybe Salvagers falls into that category, but I, I'm not totally convinced yet on that. Um, and we'll obviously see how the Beastmen shake up the meta, but uh, that'll that'll be interesting. Um, Ryan, did you have a, any questions you wanted to head on with? No, not really. I think we hit everything that we wanted to cover today. Dan, I mean, again, massive congratulations on on winning Warhammer Fest and getting that expenses paid golden ticket. I mean, that's just nice. the dream, right? Yep, means I can go without having to figure out how to pay for a plane yeah. ticket, I suppose. Have you ever been to the U.S., by the way? Yeah, I've been once before. Okay. Um, it was a great time. I cool. look forward to going again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you uh, again for coming on onto the podcast and talking to us about this. It's uh, lovely to get the, uh, the, the top players on and, and hear about the tournament runs. Been a pleasure. It's weird to <laughs> be called one of the top players, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you've earned it for sure. And uh, I'm super excited to see how you do at Atlanta. I'm hoping I can I can scrounge my way into a ticket and we'll we'll hopefully get to play one of these days. All right, um, hope to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to everybody, uh, actually, Ryan, do you want to do the outro? Sure. And, and close us out? Yeah, so uh, thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of the Command Point Podcast. If you have not already, make sure to follow us on whatever uh, podcast app you're listening to us on, whether it be Spotify or Apple Music or any of the others. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. And if you want to support us a little bit further, uh, we do have a Patreon and a YouTube channel membership where uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support Command Point. And then, of course, Shane. We forgot to plug this earlier in the episode, but uh, Command Point now has merch. So we've got t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, uh, stickers. Uh, did I say mugs? I you think I already mugs. said mugs. All right. <laughs> cool. So that's everything. Um, link for all that stuff is uh, down in the description below. But yeah, thank you guys all for watching, and we will see you all again in the next one.